Hey, what's up, everybody? It's your favorite quarterback hater, Robert Mathis, and you're listening to the For the Culture Podcast. This is the For the Culture Podcast. I'm your host, Luke Diamond, with my man, Jason Spears. Guys, we're just nine days away from Colts football. Colts, Jaguar, September 13th, a week from this Sunday. And with football right around the corner, more content here on the For the Culture Podcast. So please be sure to subscribe on YouTube, Spotify, Apple, iHeartRadio, Radio.com, all your favorite podcasting platforms and if you're listening on youtube please make sure to turn on the notification bell so you get a notification every time we drop a podcast also be sure to hit the like button and leave a comment it will really help out jason and myself and we would really really appreciate it and you know what else i really really appreciate great offensive line play because we did not have it from 2012 up until 2017 chris ballard coming in in 2017 and making a difference in 2018 this guy, however, is from the previous regime. A broken clock is right twice a day. Ryan Gregson was right about twice in five years in Indianapolis. One of the times he was right, and I'm not even so sure it was his pick, but I guess we'll give him credit because he was the general manager at the time. And that was drafting Ryan Kelly in the first round of the 2016 draft. Ryan Kelly has been spectacular for the Colts starting all 16 games. Last year has started 51 games in his career in Indianapolis over the past four years. This would have been that fifth year option on his rookie contract. But Chris Ballard said, you know what? You show up every day. You never complain. You play through injuries. You're one of the top centers in this league. You're coming off a Pro Bowl season. In my opinion, he got snubbed of an All-Pro. I'm sure Chris Ballard feels the same. And Ryan Kelly is a player drafted, developed by the Colts, wanted to be a Colt for life, as he said, and they made it happen with a four-year, $50 million contract, making Ryan Kelly the highest-paid center in the league and the highest-paid center of all time. He later joked about being the highest-paid center of all time until the next center is paid, and that's kind of how it works nowadays. But this was a well-deserved contract for Ryan Kelly. 34 of the $50 million is guaranteed. One of the few Ryan Grigson draft picks that have panned out in Indianapolis. I could not be happier for Ryan Kelly. And when you look at his statistics and I know offensive line is hard to find statistics only penalized 12 times over four years that's 51 starts 12 penalties very very good ratio only five false starts only five holding penalties and has only allowed 3.5 sacks through the first four years of his career this would have been a fifth year option for Ryan Kelly the Colts say no we're going to up you now four-year deal 50 million dollars 34 guaranteed could not be happier for the Colts center Ryan Kelly. Yeah, it's one of those rare Ryan Grigson moves where I'll give him credit even if even if Jim Mersey did put a gun to his head to make it make the move. He made the move, so I'll give him credit. A great job picking him. Uh, I think Colts were clearly in need of a center. He picked the best one in the draft. And really, Ryan Kelly's lived up to everything we expected and more, in my opinion. I think he's one of the most underrated players in the league. He deserves this money. He's earned this money. He's played his butt off every – Every year he's been here and done nothing but grind to get better and, and, and strive to get better. And I think he sets a great example for our younger linemen along with Costanzo. And he's still in his prime. And, and maybe just maybe it just now entering his prime. So I'm really excited about him signing that extension. He's a anchor for our offensive line. Hopefully he's in Indianapolis for his entire career or at least most of it like Jeff Saturday because I think he's got that type of talent. 
And, I, I mean, it, it's, I'm ecstatic, man. We, one of our better offensive linemen signed a deal to be here for four years. I mean, this is great news, and Colts fans should be pumped up because he's Ryan Kelly's a hell of a player. Yeah, Colts fans should be ecstatic. I know we're ecstatic, and there was never a doubt. Like, I never feared losing Ryan Kelly to free agency after this year or having to franchise tag him or anything like that. But it does feel good to get the deal locked up before the season starts. And also just, I feel good for Ryan Kelly. I'm happy for him. That's a lot of money. That's life-changing money. So I could not be happier, especially because he never threatened to hold out. Some guys going into that fifth-year option on their rookie deal, they're coming off a Pro Bowl season, they just played all 16 games, they might threaten to hold out. You look at a guy like Dalvin Cook, who this year is going into his fourth year of his rookie contract, second-round pick, so doesn't have that fifth-year option next year, but he's going into year four. Year one, he only played four games. Year two, he only played 11 games. Last year, he played 14 out of 16 games, which is better. And at the running back position, a lot of teams will sign up for their starting bell cow back to play 14 games in this current era of football. And he went over 1,000 yards for the first time, went over two touchdowns for the first time. He had 13 touchdowns last year, but it was his first time with two-plus touchdowns in a season, and he threatened to hold out without a new contract. And then you have a guy like Ryan Kelly for four years, shows up, does his job, has dealt with his share of injuries, battled through them, played through an injury in a playoff game for the Colts, had zero penalties and zero sacks allowed in those two playoff games for the Colts in 2018. So he just shows up to work every day. He does his job. Those are the type of players you want to pay, you want to reward before you have to. You look back at last year with Kenny Moore. Kenny Moore was scheduled to make about four hundred dollars or $500,000 per year last year and this year. He wasn't making big-time money. Chris Ballard said, you know what? You show up every day. You're an undrafted guy. I love everything you stand for, plus you're one hell of a player. I'm going to reward you years before I have to. The Colts did not have to pay Kenny Moore last offseason. They elected to do so. They did not have to pay Ryan Kelly this offseason. They elected to do so. So I love the fact that the Colts are paying these guys before they have to because they're rewarding everything they stand for. And it sets a great example for young guys. You're coming in as a rookie, a second-year guy. You're coming in from another organization that might not run their operation the same way we do. I absolutely love that philosophy of Chris Ballard. When a guy earns something, maybe you don't follow the previous contract. You say, you know what? There's a lot of teams around the league, the Colts included. If a guy doesn't live up to his contract, we have no problem cutting him. So if a guy goes above and beyond that contract, we should also cut that one up, and we should pay them before we have to. So I love that. And then also, to all the people saying Chris Ballard doesn't spend, he doesn't spend, he doesn't spend in free agency over the last couple of years as he was building this roster primarily through the draft and low-risk, high-reward free agency signings, the Colts have a lot of players on this roster who are going to make a lot of money very soon. Yes, we have a lot of money tied up in the quarterbacks right now. Most of that will come off the books after this year. Brissett and Rivers will both be free agents. I hope Rivers has a great year. We re-sign him. I do not anticipate Jacoby coming back unless he were to come back for less money as a backup next year, but that's a whole nother story. But when you look at this roster and you look at players like Darius Leonard, who's going into year three now after this year, you might think about an extension, a long-term extension for Darius Leonard. Same thing with Quentin Nelson. They were both drafted in 2018. Quentin Nelson this year going into year three. After that will be year four. Then will be the fifth-year option. If we're not making Ryan Kelly play on a fifth-year option, there's no way we make Quentin Nelson play on a fifth-year option. I highly doubt we ever franchise tag Darius Leonard. So after this year, you're going to have to start thinking about paying Quentin Nelson. You're going to have to start thinking about paying Darius Leonard. And then after that year, Leonard's going to be up. 
and Nelson's going to be going into that fifth year of the rookie contract. That'll be the year both guys get massive contract extensions. You'll see we already have right now the highest paid center in the league in Ryan Kelly. Darius Leonard will be the highest paid linebacker, maybe the highest paid defensive player in the NFL. And then Quinn Nelson will be the highest paid guard without a doubt, the highest paid interior offensive lineman, maybe even the highest paid offensive lineman, period, making more than any left tackle in the league. That is a possibility. And this year we go out and we trade the 13th overall pick for DeForest Buckner, who we have to pay before he even walks through the door, which was a lot of money. And we easily could have just stayed put at 13, drafted Kinlaw, and you don't have to pay him for four or five years. But we elect to trade that pick for the proven entity who is DeForest Buckner coming in as an all-pro player. So Chris Ballard is slowly beginning to pay guys, and over the next year or two, we're going to have to really open that checkbook, and we're going to have to pay a lot of our own guys. So to all the people out there saying, Ballard doesn't spend, Ballard doesn't spend, Ballard doesn't spend, he is starting to spend now, as we've seen, paying our own with Ryan Kelly, making the move for DeForest Buckner, and then we have some massive contracts on the books coming up in the next couple of years when you look at a player like Darius Leonard, back-to-back All-Pro, Defensive Rookie of the Year in 2018, and back-to-back first-team All-Pro in Quentin Nelson. That's a lot of money we have coming off the books over the next couple of years, and those are just our two megastars who aren't even up for another few seasons. But we still have guys like Marlon Mack after this year, Malik Hooker after this year, and Anthony Walker after this. So there's a lot of guys that we're going to have to start thinking about who are going to be up for contract extensions from that 2017 draft class, Ballard's first draft class. So it's going to be really interesting to see where the Colts decide to go on these guys. We declined the fifth-year option from Lee Cooker. I love Marlon Mack, and I talk about Dalvin Cook and how he's holding out. Marlon Mack never complains. Another guy shows up every day, plays through injuries. I love Marlon Mack, but the problem is it's so difficult to pay running backs In 2020, you look at what Jonathan Williams does for us last year, coming off the practice squad, rushing for over 200 yards and a touchdown in a five-day span. We release him after the season. He doesn't get picked up until a couple weeks ago by the Detroit Lions. So he's sitting for eight months looking for a team to pick him up, and he was really great for the Colts last year. But teams look at, oh, you know, it's just another running back. And we have Jordan Wilkins at the end of our depth chart right now averaging 5.8 yards per carry we go out we draft Jonathan Taylor in the second round this year I don't know if the Colts and I really don't think the Colts at this point are going to bring Marlon Mack back after this year but I love Marlon Mack he's definitely a player I would like to pay I wish it was at a different position or the durability of that position wasn't as statistically bad as it is but the Colts have a lot of guys up after this year and then the two mega contracts that we have waiting in the wing in Leonard and Nelson. So people say the Colts don't spend, the Colts don't spend, the Colts don't spend. We have a lot of money due to in-house guys over the next couple of years. It's a great point, Luke. And, and we talked about this off air. I think the way to go with both Nelson and Leonard is to do it early, to sign them early, because the longer that you wait, the, the, the zero, I mean, like you said, the zeros just start adding on. I mean, you, and then you, you get in a position once you lose the leverage of having them here and they're, if you let them get to an actual free agent situation, somebody will throw an insane contract at them and then, then, you're, then you're done. So I think starting early with those guys, laying the groundwork, trying to get those deals done as soon as possible, probably after year after this year, maybe – next year something like work on it through next year and try to get it done after year four i would think that would be the way to go although darius i think would might be a little bit more of a 
a need earlier only because he doesn't have that extra year. So the Colts should be laying the groundwork to get that done because those are guys that you build your franchise around for the next 10 years, and I think they're going to do that. You know, and one guy I was thinking about while you were talking that no one really ever talks about that I think is an interesting conversation is Anthony Walker. I think he means more to this team than people realize in the leadership department. He's not, you know, a superstar player, but he's an above-average middle linebacker, and he's an absolute uh, warrior on the field. I mean, he plays – he's very durable. He's very smart. He's loved by, the, by his teammates and coaches and Chris Ballard, I, I will be very – the two guys I'm most interested to see with, the, with what happens with right now are Anthony Walker and Marlon Mack. I, for me, I think it's kind of a foregone conclusion that Malik Hooker's gone. Uh, that's just my opinion. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe he has a huge year and the Colts pay him. I, I just I – don't, I don't see that, but it could happen. But for me, the two guys that I really – Luke, I'm with you, man. I love Marlon Mack for everything that you said. He shows up, he plays, never complains. He would never have a game – or he would go into Reich's office and bitch and moan for the ball and then, you know, have them force feed him the ball and lose the game because of it. Because he's not – yeah, he's not Eric Ebron. He's not that type of kid. So, you know, I love Marlon Mack. I hope he gets paid here because I think he's earned it. But if he doesn't, I hope he gets as much money as possible in the open market because players like that, whether they're Colts or not, deserve it. The guys that show up, show out, don't talk. They just play, let it speak for itself. Those are the guys I want on my team. Those are the guys that, that win, you, win you games and win you Super Bowls. So I'll be interested to see what happens with Mack and, and Walker because I think they've been quiet as kept. I think they've been very important to the Colts' success, the little bit of success that they've had in the last few years on the field. Yep, and those are guys that are under contract now and eventually will have to pay. But what about the offensive line who are all under contract right now through the next two years? Something we don't have to think about, Jason, which is awesome because the strength of this team is the offensive line. Costanzo, Nelson, Kelly, Glowinski, Smith, one of the best offensive lines in the National Football League last year. I believe they'll be one of the best again this year as long as they could stay healthy. And now you have all five guys who started last year, not only returning this year, but also returning for at least the next two years through 2021. Costanzo earlier this offseason signed that two-year deal, bringing him through 2021. Quinn Nelson on his rookie contract through 2021, plus that fifth-year option if you need it. Ryan Kelly now through 2024. Mark Lewinsky through 2021. Braden Smith on a 2018 rookie contract like Darius Leonard will be up after 2021. So you have all five starters from the 2019 offensive line back this year and we'll have them back again next year which is awesome where you don't have to think about anything along the starting offensive line you only have to think about improving the depth next year could a guy like Pinter outplay Mark Lewinsky for that right guard spot for sure but as far as the starters all five from last year back this year and back again next year in 2021. Yeah, absolutely. The Colts offensive line has is, is been really, really good for the last few years, and I think it's only going to get better. I mean, a lot of people forget, you know, Braden Smith is young. Quentin Nelson is young. Ryan Kelly's still relatively young. Glowinski's rel- relatively young in terms of playing. The only real guy that's got a ton of experience is Costanzo. So, to me, that's a scary thought for everybody else because they're just going to keep getting better. And if they keep getting better and we keep getting better players around them, look out. And that's what I think we're getting to that point where we're starting to get guys that we can put around this line that can make plays 
and and you give a quarterback like Rivers time, you give you know running backs like Mack and Taylor big holes, you're going to have a problem with this offense. It's just going to be a problem. You're not going to be. It's not the same Colts. These Colts are you know very very physical and they will wear you out late in games. And that's what I love about Frank Reich. Whenever the you know, whenever another team's down, he steps on their neck by just punishing them, running the ball down the field. And that's my favorite thing. You know, when we have a lead and we're just – and you, they know we're going to run the ball and we're just punishing, just running the ball down their throat and taking time off the clock and they can't stop it. And then the reason they can't stop it is because our offensive line is so damn good. So, yeah, I'm pumped up, man. I'm glad they got Kelly signed and, and, and we've got this this whole line locked up for the next few years. And uh, it's going to be fun to watch the way they grow and watch uh, watch them dominate lo- defensive lines and watch them dominate the line of scrimmage. You know, my my thing is that's where the games are won. So the Colts are going to do a lot of winning at the line of scrimmage over the next few years. Man, and it's great going from one of the worst offensive lines in the NFL from 2012 to 17 to one of the best offensive lines in the NFL from 18 to 19, now 2020 and beyond in Indianapolis. And Jason, before we wrap this up, can we strip Chad Kelly's nickname and give it to Ryan Kelly, the $50 million center, arguably the best center and the most athletic center in the National Football League? That should be the real swag, Kelly, in Indianapolis, not our fourth-string camp quarterback, Chad Kelly. Hashtag Ryan Swag Kelly. Only if you want, only if you want psychotic Chad Kelly fans in your mentions all for the, for the next three months, uh, you can do that. But uh, Jason, I, second I think, question, think, second question: What is worse, the porn bots that have invaded our YouTube uh, comment section, or the Chad Kelly bots on Twitter? Well, the Chad Kelly bots are at least they're at least entertaining to a certain extent. The, the porn bots are just really, really boring. So <laughs> I would have to go. I'd give the Chad Kelly bots. A little, a little bit more credit, but not much. <laughs> not much is right. That's my co-host Jason Spears. I'm your host Luke Diamond. Guys, we are just nine days away from Colts football. Week one, September 13th, Colts at Jaguars. And this is the For the Culture Podcast.